1: Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call one eight hundred Gambler twenty four seven, or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services.
2: A warmer from low. Welcome to lovely Las Vegas for Jessica's with myself, Craig Hughes, and now part of the Visa Family Podcast. We've got a tremendous podcast for you. It's in the second segment. Going to be going in depth. On what we're seeing in terms of the SEC and these new coaches, along with the possibility of Gigi Jackson going to South Carolina with Tobias Bass. He does a great job over there at the Athletic, and while he's over there at the Athletic, along with following college basketball, does a great job on the recruiting landscape. So we're going to be taking a look at what Gigi Jackson can all wind up bringing to South Carolina. If this winds up improving their outlook or not, we're also going to be diving into just how guys in general that are reclassified have wound up looking over the years, what the consensus is with that regard. And then we're also going to be asking him about his thoughts on some of the other teams that want to making moves out there in the SEC, if that winds up putting them in a position of success or not. And then speaking of reclassification... We wind up seeing Imani Bates wind up moving over to Eastern Michigan. I'm going to be asking him his thoughts on the outlook of Mr. Imani. So I'm going to be having that great chat. And then in the coming days, you're going to be hearing me from the beautiful state of Hawaii. Going to be taking a little bit of a vacation because, well, College basketball news and notes. It is a little bit more dry. I wound up recording a few interviews Saturday night. So we've got those that we've got for you. I plan on doing a little bit of an out-of-order MIAC conference preview as well. MIAC is always a conference. I have a tough time. Being able to find a guest for and being out there in Hawaii it's going to be a little bit tough for me to be able to get connected with guests the next few days. So we'll end up recording a few interviews on Saturday, and then I'll plan on doing that conference preview as well. So I'm going to be doing a conference preview for all 32 conferences. So hopefully going to have the Ivy League and Conference USA done relatively soon as well. And then we wind up moving into the M's with the MAC, the Metro Atlantic and then we'll be diving down the board into the S's, the Ohio Valley Conference, so we've got a lot of previews coming up on this podcast as things have really wound down with the transfer portal. Typically in the final segment I wind up doing news and notes of college basketball but there's just not a lot of news and notes right now so it's turning into a lot of just looking forward to this upcoming season and if you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Coast to Coast Supes, you're able to subscribe wherever your podcast Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher and tune in. if you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at under 41 Keep in mind, Larry CM, they mean does not matter. So, as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. Otherwise, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast Find that five star review. Really didn't wind up getting in any Twitter questions today. So, let's get into our chat with Tobias on the other side right here on go Soupes with myself, Greg Hughes, and now a part of the VC Family Podcast.
0: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
2: This show slash podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. And over at BetterHelp, they're helping you try to be able to ease up on your life a little bit more because I'm sure that you, much like myself, wish you had a little bit more time on your hands, whether that be to pursue a hobby. I myself could use a little bit of sleep as I've been handicapping about like 300 games a week and you're not able to get a lot of sleep when you're working that much. So hopefully you appreciate it on this podcast. But that said... Therapy can be exactly what you need to be able to get a little bit more time on your hands to pursue exactly what you love. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched up with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time at no additional charge. Learn what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash coast today. That's C-O-A-S-T to be able to get 10% off through your first month. That is betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash coast.
0: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: It hey, not That's my game!
2: My <laughs> <laughs> and we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for Coast to Coast with myself, Greg e. Spears. And now part of the VEASAN Family Podcast, it is great to be joined by our guest. as Tobias Bass. Does a terrific job of taking a look at the game of basketball over there at The Athletic does a great job taking a look at college basketball but on top of that for those that like recruiting he does a great job of taking a look at the stars of tomorrow as well he's a texas tech alum and a man that does a great job of following the game that we love and to be able to follow tobias on twitter you're able to follow him at easy enough tobias underscore bass so his first and last name with an underscore in between and tobias great to have you aboard thank you thank you man for having me on Tobias, it is a pleasure to have you aboard since I know that you do such a good job in terms of taking a look at recruiting. And right now, the juicy story that's happening in college basketball right now, that is the fact that G.G. Jackson, who was the number one recruit for the class of 2023, has decommitted from North Carolina. Now, that doesn't hurt North Carolina for this year, but certainly next year, that does wind up hurting them a little bit down the line. And rumors are it's not official, but... I mean, let's call it what it is. It's probably going to wind up happening sooner rather than later. That he's probably going to wind up going to South Carolina and wind up playing for them. Just how impactful is this going to be for South Carolina? Because this is a little bit of a new look team. They're going through a coaching change with Lamont Paris coming over from Chattanooga. And I can tell you right now, I did not wind up having high expectations for South Carolina as things sat before this news of Gigi Jackson wind up breaking. But I mean, you wind up adding what was going to be the number one recruit in 2023. And I think it makes this team very intriguing now. Yeah, they're
3: definitely going to be um intriguing. I guess it's funny, you know, they haven't been good since P.J. Dozier left and Thornhill left a couple of years ago. So I think they'll be better. I mean, they brought in a few transfers. They brought in, I think, five guys from Illinois, Ohio State, Michi Johnson, and brought in two recruits. So I think they'll definitely be better. You know, they'll probably be, you know, bottom middle of the pack team. They'll probably be competitive. I don't know if they have enough to try to get into the dance.
2: And what I think is just so interesting with Gigi Jackson reclassifying as well is that it feels like the track record with these guys that they wind up going up a year, it's very spotty. Like, I would consider Jalen Duran, who wound up being one of the top guys for 2022 reclassified to 2021 last year, I would consider him to be a great success. He wound up becoming a lottery pick. He was able to do a very solid job down low for Memphis but in that same Memphis program, Musa Cisse didn't wind up living up to expectations. Imani Bates, we all remember what happened there. And then you're able to go down the line to someone like a Marvin Bagley, who wound up doing a very good job in the one year that he was at Duke, wound up becoming a top five guy. So I think that it's going to be interesting to take a look at this. And it feels like it's really a 50-50 track record with a lot of these guys that they wind up being highly touted, wind up going up a year and there hasn't necessarily been a whole lot of in-between other than I would consider say to be about as close to in-between as you can get.
3: Yeah. I mean, I would, I would even lean towards the, lean towards the side of it not working out. You look at like Devin Askew, he's going on his third school, Michi Johnson, he's already transferred. You've had a couple of guys where it just, it doesn't work out. College basketball is hard. And that last senior year of high school, that's a big, that's a big piece of part of your development, you know, and they're still kids. They're not physically, sometimes even mentally ready to play. So I would even lean toward that side where it doesn't work. I mean, majority of them, it it just doesn't work. It's just, it's it's really, really hard. It's difficult to come in there. And then how we talked about on the last show we did together, it's a chemistry issue. When you reclass and come in there in August, there's a lot of those, you know, team meetings, chemistry building moments that you're missing out on. So when you're able to to miss majority of that, that's how you're always playing catch up.
2: And do you think that perhaps Gigi Jackson can be one of those mold breakers and wind up being able to break through? Because I take a look at the names that you want rattling off, and it feels like a lot of the guys that they don't work out, it's more guards. A lot of these guys, yeah. even like a primary scorer, Imani Bates, we'll get into him in a few minutes. But that I said, that was something that clearly did not wind up working at Memphis. We will see. i see he's the number two at Eastern Michigan winds up going. But for Gigi Jackson, he's right around six foot nine, weighs a little bit over 200 pounds. I think that he's got the athleticism to be able to play college basketball right now, which I think that that's a big part of this as well, which is why I do think that Gigi Jackson can wind up having more success than some of the names of the guys that we rattled off that it did not wind up going so well for them.
3: Yeah, I think, he, I think he definitely potentially has a chance. I guess my biggest question mark is what pieces. what are the pieces around him going to be able to do and what are their expectations? Are they going to let him come in there? you know, mold and groom, or are they going to want him to come in there and produce immediately? Because that's, those are two very different things. And he and he's going to have some struggles. The SEC is loaded. Arkansas is going to be as good as they've ever been. Kentucky is going to have a good team, same with Tennessee. I think there's going to be some, you know, some curves in the ropes like there is for any freshman, but I think he could have the impact year. Just they're going to be bad. So I don't know what the supporting pieces around him are going to be able to do to help him.
2: I'm in total agreement with you, there. Darius. to me on the podcast, we do have Tobias Bass. And I mean, you take a look at Lamont Paris, the new coach over there at South Carolina, and he did a solid job at Chattanooga, but I think we were both be in agreement. It took a few years for it to be able to get online at Chattanooga. I was fully expecting that to be the case before the news for South Carolina. I still think that South Carolina can have a little bit of a tough time with it because I mean, not only is Gigi Jackson going to need to make a little bit of a jump up, but I mean, Benjamin Bozeman's for wise coming in from Illinois. He was in the shadow of Kofi Coburn last season. He was never necessarily a primetime player for that team. Hayden Brown, good numbers at the Citadel, but he's trying to be a six foot five big man that doesn't necessarily shoot the three well in the SEC. That doesn't sound like <laughs> right. a recipe for success. True. Troy Botton is going to be coming in from Evansville. He was able to be someone that wound up giving the team a little bit of chemistry. We're looking a little bit more at Abrema Diba along with Michi Johnson out there in the backcourt. But, and you mentioned it with Michi Johnson. He wound up having his struggles as well. So I do think that with South Carolina might not be the best fit for a guy that's looking to come in right away because he might be in a scenario where he tries to be, and I air quotes here, the man that winds up putting up 20 points and 10 rebounds per game. And even if he winds up doing them, I could see it being hollow production.
3: Yeah, you can, I mean, I don't know if he'll be this good or have this type of freshman year, but you look at like a Markel Folks, Ben Simmons type of year. They put into those schools. They were bad. Neither of their teams make the tournament, but they were putting up solidly good numbers. They were both, you know, number one overall picks.
2: Yeah, I do think that it's going to be really interesting to see what happens because you wind up bringing up Markel Folks, you wind up bringing up Ben Simmons. And I mean, Ben Simmons, what he's been out there on the floor at the NBA level, certainly has been going well, but... You know that off the floor, it's been a little bit of an adventure with him. And with Mark Fultz, I think everyone would be in agreement that he was not worth the number one overall pick. As those were two guys that they wanted being number one overall picks that did not wind up making the NCAA tournament. Other one that comes to mind is Anthony Edwards. That thus far has been able to work yeah. out a little bit better. So a little bit of an interesting track record there as Tobias Bass is joining me on the podcast. And then we wanted bringing up another guy that wanted reclassifying last year. Now he's going to be on school number two. And that would be Amani Bates And I do feel like him going to Eastern Michigan, honestly, when it's all said and done, was probably the best option for him. He winds up going home to Ypsilanti, and he's not going to be in as much of the spotlight he can really try to rein in his game. I'm not sure your thoughts on Imani Bates winding going back to Eastern Michigan, but I do think that it is a case when it's all said and done that he probably should not have reclassified, but with the options that he wound up having... And- how late in the process it wound up getting, I felt like Eastern Michigan, a little bit of a better fit than, say, a Michigan or a Louisville.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how he does. I mean, they brought over, you know, Noah Farrakhan. Noah Farrakhan was a high recruit coming out of high school, or at least at one point he was. He, I believe he was their leading scorer at Eastern Michigan. He comes back, so he'll definitely have some help, but Eastern Michigan, they were bad. They were one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in their conference last year. Expected to be around that this year, they'll be a little bit better when you add in the money base, but we've seen this before. We've seen these high-styled recruits, they'll you know, go to a small School like they really really do struggle. You look at Patrick Baldwin, Makura Maker. It's hard. It's hard because the guys around you aren't as talented. The expectations are super super high, and those teams are typically older in your conference, so they've been in college basketball all a while. They know what works, how it works. So maybe he'll have a better year. I assume that he will. But I mean, you look at NBA draft board. This guy, he's they have him as like a mid to late second round pick. You know, a year ago they had him being the number one overall pick in this year's class. So to see the dynamic drop off from first to last almost is actually pretty shocking to me
2: yeah typically guys that wind up being a mid to late second round pick are not guys that wind up finding themselves on sports illustrated when they are coming out of high school going into college so i mean it has been a stock drop off not quite as bad as the stock drop off in my opinion or actually, it is a little bit worse than the sock drop off that we wound up seeing with Pat Baldwin Jr. because he was able to secure himself a first round pick. It's going to be interesting to see how he winds up turning out. But I, I'm so glad you, that you alluded to it because a lot of these guys, that they are highly touted, they wind up going down to a little bit of a lower level of play. It has not worked out for a lot of them. So I do think that's going to be interesting to see what winds up happening there. And I mean, for a little bit less of a comparison, it's more or less just a few different guys that are going to be doing this as well. We're going to be seeing guys going from the mid-major level up to the power conference level because we did wind up seeing it with the SEC. Six new coaches and a lot of these coaches, they want up bringing in a lot of their own. Take a look at what Murray State wanted doing last season. You wind up bringing in Coach McMahon over there at LSU. He winds up bringing with him a lot of the guys that wanted making him successful. Hill is going to be coming along with KJ Williams. You're seeing it with the Cleveland State to Missouri sort of pipeline as you've got Des Moines Hodge who's going to be following Dennis Gates over there. A couple of the ancillary pieces like Drago Million as well. You're even seeing it with Chris Jans going over to Mississippi State. Now, we're not seeing as many guys wind up coming with him from New Mexico State, but we did wind up seeing a guy or two wind up following him as well. That's a program that is going to be utilizing a lot of transfers, and I think that it's going to be really interesting to see how these coaches wind up being able to make the jump because I know that you're very high on LSU, but I think that a lot of these other programs, they might have a little bit of a tough time just because going from, like, the Horizon League, even the Ohio Valley Conference, which I consider to be one of the better mid-majors out there in all of college basketball. That is a big jump, though. The chemistry, I do think, is going to help alleviate some of that jump.
3: Yeah, I think with some of these programs, you know, they were able to bring in some of their own guys. One, they were also able to bring in some other guys transfer, so the gap won't be as bad as opposed to them bringing in a bunch of freshmen. So I think that that will definitely help them. But like we talked about earlier, the SEC is going to be really good. It's going to be one of the better conferences this year, like it was last year. So there's definitely going to be a big learning curve. But I do think out of these programs, I think LSU is just far better off. I mean, from where they started to how they ended up is really incredible. I mean, they had like two guys on the roster and you parlay that to bringing in two top 70 kids in the country. You still won from Xavier Florida. And then you still add in a Sean Phillips who was the NC state commit. You pull him away from there as well. I think LSU is poised to have a good year.
2: And I think that Florida is a really interesting team as well. So bass of the athletic is joining me on the podcast because Todd Golden is regarded as one of the best minds in all of college basketball. Mike White, he winds up going to Georgia, so there's really no step up in competition for him. And I think that actually Georgia has a little bit of an upside. We'll talk about them in a minute or two. But that said, with Florida, they bring in Kyle Lofton, who is very solid at St. Bonaventure. We're talking yeah. about LSU, and they bring in Alex Fudge, a former four-star recruit. Trey Bonham I think might have a little bit of a jump coming in from VMI but I take a look at what Florida was able to do in the offseason bringing in Todd Golden. Will Richards is able to follow suit with him and then on top of that they wind up bringing back Kyle Castleton as well. Uh, They wind up bringing in Castleton down low to be able to help this team out as well and I think that Florida's in really good shape despite the coaching moves.
3: I think they're in good shape too as well. They also brought in a couple of good recruits. Riley Kubel from uh from Orlando, he's a top 100 recruit. They brought him in. Denzel Aberdeen as well. They brought him in as well. So I think they'll be in solid shape. I think they're even going to catch a lot of guys out guard, especially if you bring in Kyle Lofton. Kyle Lofton is as steady as any point guard in the country. He's really going to come over there and, and, and help them as well. So I think they are in a good position to be successful.
2: Yep, totally agree with you. And you also wind up bringing in a big man in Chris Castleton that is going to be able to help them out moving yep. forward as well. And then with Georgia, who I was alluding to a little bit earlier as well, I think it's going to be really key for, in future years, Mike White to be able to recruit the state of Georgia, because I think that you're in agreement with me. There is a lot of untapped talent that Georgia did not wind up being able to bring in in-state. Tom Crean was terrible at being able to recruit that state, and thank goodness Tom Crean did not wind up getting the Evansville job. I know that there were a lot of Evansville folks that they wanted Tom Crean. You're better off without him. I will just say that right now, but I mean, I think look what Georgia has been able to do this offseason, and... This is not going to be a team that, in my opinion, is going to be a top 25 team or anything like that. But, I mean, having to clean up Tom Crean's mess and you bring in someone like Abardez McBride who has a double-digit scorer and North Texas, you wind up bringing in a little bit more of an upside guy in Matthew Alexander Moncrief, who had a good freshman season at Oklahoma State, wasn't so good as a sophomore. Frank Anselm had some big games down low for Syracuse. It just felt like he wasn't a fit with that style. And I think that Georgia, when it's all said and done, they're going to be able to take some strides forward. And I do think that Mike White, the expectations, for him at Florida, we're just getting to be a little bit too lofty. Now being at Georgia, where the expectations let's call it what it is, they're not necessarily basketball school. They're more of a football school. I think that it will be able to have some mild success over there, and I don't think that Georgia is ever going to become like a power under Mike White. But I mean, respectability at this point is not too bad for this Georgia program.
3: Yeah, I mean, they can just you have, you have to be respectable. You know, maybe make the tournament. They haven't made the tournament what, since what KCP left that have been forever ago. So I mean, they brought in some good transfers, like you said. It's interesting. A lot of these guys, these were highly talented guys. A lot of people wanted Mardez McBride, Terry Roberts, Justin Hill, uh, Matthew Alexander these are These are a lot of guys that people wanted. So for them to get. All of them is pretty impressive. You also bring in Kyron Lindsey. He was one of the bright stars at the UYBL last year. You, you flip him over from UNLV. They did a good job. They did a really, really good job. I was actually impressed with how they were able to do this. So I think that though they'll, they'll be a tough out and they'll be competitive.
2: It is a new look out there in the SEC, but I think that it's going to be a very solid look. And I do think that a lot of these programs might take them a year or two. I look at like a Mississippi State, for instance. I love the job that They wind up doing here in the transfer portal, but I do think that it's going to probably take a year or two for them to be able to get online. Missouri, I think is one of the more intriguing teams out there as well, because they do wind up bringing in Noah Carter, who I think is very big. He was someone that was able to tear it up at Northern Iowa last season. Like I mentioned with Dennis Gates, he does wind up being able to bring in his own, but I find interesting about Dennis Gates. He's bringing in each of the top two junior college transfers as well was Sean East Mm -hmm. being the one that I really take a look at the most because Shawnee, so he's coming in from a junior college program. He was able to put up four-plus assists at two different programs and Bradley along with UMass, and this is a guy that has already proven that he's able to compete at, I'm not going to call it a power level in college basketball, but pretty darn close to a power level in college basketball, and I mean – I think that Dennis Gates, it's going to take him probably a year or two, much like he did at Cleveland State. But that said, I think that he is a really good fit over there at Missouri. And I think that Missouri, sooner rather than later, they're going to be able to get back to some respectability and some promise out there in the SEC.
3: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I mean, you bring in Isaiah Mosley, he's one of. What two guys, three guys? I think that they, they did a forty, fifty, ninety this past year at, at a Missouri State. You brought in Aiden Shaw, a high four-star recruit. He was a borderline McDonald's All-American. You know what Carter was a good player. You and I, DeAndre Golsan at Milwaukee was a good player as well. So I think that Gates is going to do a good job at Missouri. Like you said, it may take a year or two, but. He's bringing in dudes. And even for the 2023 class, he already has two commitments. He has Trent Pierce from Oklahoma and Anthony Robinson from Florida. He's doing a very good job on such a short notice.
2: Yep, he is doing an absolutely amazing job. And a man that also does an amazing job is you, Tobias, because you do a great job looking at the game of basketball for the Athletic. You're doing a great job getting prepped for this upcoming college basketball season. On top of that, you're taking a look at the stars from tomorrow, doing a good job taking a look at some of these guys as to where they're going to be landing in like the 2023-2024 recruiting classes as well. So we'll have the good people at home. You What's know, all that for you and how people can follow on, on social media and other platforms?
3: You can follow me on Twitter at Tobias underscore Bass. That's T-O-B-I-S underscore Bass, like the fish. Um, we have some good work coming out at The Athletic. You know, the MLB draft is coming up. This weekend, so we're gonna we're definitely gonna be covering it at a high level. You have the MLB Derby coming up, the uh, MLB All-Star game as well. And we're not too far away from football season, so definitely go ahead and subscribe. I'm sure they're probably gonna knock the price down to a dollar a month very soon, but at the moment it's $7.99. So pretty cheap for such great content. So go ahead and subscribe.
2: Yep, the football season it is coming about. And before you know it, because when it comes to football season, that means that we are getting very close to college basketball season. I know that Tobias. Much like It'd myself, cool. he does a great job of taking a look at everything twelve months out of the year. It is always great to get him on this podcast. So big thanks to Tobias of the Athletic for joining me right here on Coast soups Coast Supes, now part of the Visa Family of Podcasts. And if you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Coast soups Coast Supes, you're able to subscribe wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, whatever I mean you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to find those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at Junior Forty One. Keep in mind, letters M they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these in. To the timeline. The other way, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. Aerobir and whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast, five that five star review coming at you guys every single day in the outseason season News and notes of college basketball, along with conference previews, and then in-season picks and analysis on every single game, every single day. So I will chat at you once again tomorrow from lovely Hawaii. Thank you so much for tuning in.
0: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.
2: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can be all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you and you're able to learn more over at BetterHelp.com. That's B E T T E R H E L P dot com.